Welcome, welcome to the Bro CR Supercast. Basically, a super cool podcast. See what we did there? <laughs> we discuss all things obstacle course racing, culture, and community that embodies it. From performing athletes, flashy new gear, and secret guacamole recipes. Yummy. We've got you covered, bro. Do you have questions? We want to find answers. Want to talk about running in the mud and your next big adventure? Cool. So do we. Now let's lace up those trail kicks and jump in the corral. The Supercast. The Supercast starts now. This episode of the Supercast is brought to you by Venga CBD. Guys, we've got good news this week. A lot of people have been messaging us, talking about sleep. Um, they've been seeing the sleep product. Guys, guess what? I need sleep. You need sleep. We all need sleep. Sleep's great for athletes. Um, Venga's finally came out with their new product, which is the Venga Super Sleep. It's great. I love it. It's really interesting. And so just, I take so many different things here back and forth and I've tried so many different things. This stuff is interesting for sleep because it's jam-packed with all the stuff I've already used. Melatonin, CBT, and one new ingredient, Leah. The all-new cannabinoid CBN. Um, Ta-da! Known to specifically promote sleep. Um, in the all-new Vanga Super Sleep, you get all three ingredients. It's available now. Um, guys get online, order some, I know they had some issues with selling out immediately in the first couple of days. Um, but more will be in stock shortly. Um, best part about it in, in with the CBN is that there's no sleep hangover. Like you get, um, with other products out there, you'll wake up well-rested, refreshed because Venga's super sleep is all natural and works with your body systems to promote a great night's sleep. And as always with all Vanga products, this product is 100% THC free, non-habit forming. So you have no worries um, in taking this and any kind of drug tests or anything like that that you're facing. You can go to vangacbd.com slash sleep. Currently, there's an awesome bundle going on. If you buy the regular bottle of Vanga CBD gel caps, um, you can add a bottle of the Super Sleep for just $34. Um, typically, this product alone is 85 so it's an awesome deal that um, you can jump on now, and I'm not sure how long it's going to last. Uh, again, just go to vangacbd.com slash sleep to get all the details, and don't forget, all of our loyal listeners get 15% off with code BROCR. Um, that coupon code, though, however, is not applicable on bundles, so check them out. Check out their other products, vangacbd.com. Um, and as always, we thank them. Without further ado, let's kick it on over to the episode. Top of the morning to everybody. I'm Jacob Bosecker. I'm Leah Hensley. Good morning. Happy Tuesday and welcome to the Supercast. Yesterday was Memorial Day and we are back from Rockford, Illinois. Yeah, we, we are back, well, outside of Rockford, but up in that area. Byron, yeah, Byron. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, so we had Frontline this past weekend, and Memorial Day yesterday. Um, Full weekend. Yeah. I, I'm pooped. I'm pooped. I, I am too, and it's it's times like this when you come to work on, on Tuesday after a long day weekend, and it's like, ugh. Gotta get back to the grind, you know. I need did a you break do a Murph yesterday? I did do a Murph yesterday. What about you? I I did not. After last year and giving myself rhabdo, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take a year Fair off. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yes, I did do Murph yesterday. I've been doing it for I don't know a bunch of years, and uh, I, was I didn't say, this do. This like the seventh year I didn't do it. Yeah, I didn't do. Uh, I did not do vested. Um, okay. And I did partitioned, but. Um, it was it was a good weekend. I did uh, 45 minutes. Um, it was actually really awesome at the CrossFit gym that I go to. There were over 130 um, participants of Murph. That's so great. it was awesome. It was a really That's good a day. Good thing. Yeah. Yeah, and and first of all, as always, we want to thank everybody that are our listeners that have served in, in any capacity 
um, towards our country. You know, thank you. Thank you. First and foremost, um, thank you for giving us this, this gift of freedom that we have and uh, just, just honoring those that have fallen. I mean, that's what Memorial Day is all about. You know, it is. It absolutely is. Uh, myself, I made an unnecessary amount of pizza yesterday. Uh, you are told, like the pizza king now with your little pizza making thing. Uh, my only regret is I should have bought the bigger one. I'm like, pretty sure we talked about this and told you to get the bigger one. And you're like, you know, I don't need a big one. I'm just gonna make little pizzas. Well, and it, it makes it it makes like a somewhere between 10 to 12 inch pizza. And it does it great. Um, so, I mean, that's a good size personal pizza. Yeah, it's, well, it's, I mean, if you can slam a 10-inch pizza by yourself, which, I mean, I did up at Harry Cow this past week. <laughs> but, um, no, it, it makes a good pizza. And if I mean, you just make more pizzas. So we made, like, 15, 15 16 pizzas yesterday. And Goodness we were just sakes. crunching through the pizzas. Um, but, yeah, over the weekend was Frontline. Um, yes. Things were pretty quiet other than that race across the U.S. Nothing too crazy going on. Yeah. You remember the days when they used to have the Black Diamond Memorial Day Mayhem back in the day? And, yes, uh, yes. Uh, I miss that Absolutely. sometimes. Absolutely. In Ohio, right? Absolutely. Yeah. But, okay, we've got um, – today we've got Aaron from Race Ready Obstacles on here. But we got to go to Byron – Every time I say Byron, I think about a pizza place back in my hometown, and I'm just pizza on the brain. You are like pizza obsessed, dude. <laughs> I make good pizza, damn it. I make good pizza. But Leah, this was the yes. sixth wave of Frontline. Yeah, They brought in Aaron from Race Ready Obstacles. Aaron has done he's, – he's known in the sport. He's made a name for himself. He's made yep. obstacles. He's yep. had his own little company. He's done some great things. I'll be honest with you. When I started seeing – his stuff, and then your our buddy Dennis Pape's stuff coming out, like with the training shop, like yep. for a period of time, both of them had that blue. I was like, okay, what's different about Aaron? Well, Aaron's kind of going this interesting route with his stuff. He's doing his stuff his own way, um, and it's it's great. And now taking on a role, kind of, we see people in the sport kind of go through new roles as a race director or something. I was so happy when Aaron took the reins to this yeah, race. Yeah, I, you know, we're gonna we're gonna chat here with Aaron in a moment. Um, about his experience as a race director, what went right, what went wrong, all that good stuff. Um, you know, I, to be honest, anytime somebody jumps into the role of a race director, um, part of me always gets a little hesitant, a little nervous, because I think that a lot of people underestimate what it really takes to be uh, to put on a good race and having worked in this feet in this sport for so many years on every side of, you know, what's available, you know, having helped with races on the back end, you know, I think I've seen a lot of people kind of bite off more, they more than they can oh, chew sure. and get in a little over their heads. And we have seen races with the best of intentions kind of Fall go the down the pooper. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, excited to say that that is not the case for frontline and we're gonna sit here now with aaron and and kind of talk about it without further ado let's kick it on over and we are back here with aaron sabia of race ready obstacles uh we just had a great weekend with him aaron how's it going buddy it's going good how are you guys we are doing good trying to you know catch up from this weekend i'm sure you are as well um, you know, we wanted to, to bring you on the show and, and kind of talk with you because you, you have the ability to provide a unique kind of perspective at this point, having, you know, just now completed your first race as a race director. Um, but let's rewind a little bit for people who aren't familiar with you or your background. Who are you? Where'd you come from? How'd you get involved in OCR? All that good stuff. All right. Well, um, you know, I grew up in Northern Illinois out in the country on a farm and, uh, eventually joined the Coast Guard, moved to Texas and got tired of that and got out of the Coast Guard and then moved up here or moved back up to Illinois. And, uh, so the OCR thing kind of just was, you know, my wife was like, Hey, let's go run in the mud. And I was like, Hey, that sounds awful. You know, it sounds like a terrible idea. And then, so we did our first Spartan in 
oh gosh, when was it? I don't know, like five years ago, I think it was. Sure. Mm -hmm. And it was after that we were kind of like, I was like, okay, maybe you had a point. This is legit. You know, so we went from there and started doing, you know, signed up for some more races and stuff like that. And then it got to the point where Dana was like, yeah, you know, I can't do Twister, right? I was like, yeah. And she's like, you need to make me one. And I was like, okay. So I sat down at a computer, watched videos of it repeatedly, reverse engineered it, talked with Robert Killian, actually. He, you know, I sent him what I thought the measurements were and, you know, how it was. And he got back to me and said, yeah, you're right. So I made my first twister like, I don't know, three and a half years ago. And then from there, it turned into people saw that. And I, you know, I had built a rig at our house and then, someone asked me if I'd build a rig at their house so I did that and yeah and then from there it just turned into me building things and making things for people and and I started you know welding up grips and stuff like that and you know I don't know it's kind of just been this whole organic thing where it's just I've either been in the right place at the right time or you know yeah it seems like one of those things where it's like you've kind of always been there and you've been like kind of the go-to person then to, to get with about, you know, obstacles and stuff, but you know, well, he's, for, for me, mm-hmm. for me, Aaron, it always seemed like you're the guy that's just, he's like, yeah, I can do that. And right, you figure it right. out. And there's just <laughs> something about guys that just figure it out. Um, well, you know, I mean, growing up, I've always been, I don't know, I guess mechanically minded. The idea of building stuff doesn't seem like, to me, it's a simple thing. I mean, yeah. I guess it's just how my brain's hardwired or whatever. You know, I went to college, got my, you know, degree in history, knowing full well that I was never going to use it. It's not, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not, I was never cut out to be a teacher. You know, I get that. And sitting behind a desk drives me nuts. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I like to be going, I like to be doing things. I like, variety i like challenges sure. you know and i think that's probably the reason why i like ocr because it's a challenge you know if, if something's right. too easy then i'm bored i'd rather go do something else you know so i so like now, the challenge of figuring out those kind of things so how did it evolve from making obstacles here and there and obviously you know you, you started seeing success with that because you know we're seeing you develop this this brand this race ready obstacles and that's been growing how did that evolve to all of a sudden you wake up one day and now you're a race director well that was okay so i've, I've built for frontline um you've done that a few built years for the, yeah this this will be the third year i've been involved with frontline okay. so i built i built uh the year before covid and then i built last year in october and then um, and, the, you know, I worked with a, a bunch of the same guys on the build and everything. And then after Abominable had their trail race, uh, Ed had approached me, Ed, the owner of Frontline. He approached me and was like, hey, the one guy who, you know, had come out and been our race director the last couple of years, um, he's not going to be able to make it this year. And he's like, you know, is that something you're interested in? And I was like, yeah, but let me think about it a little bit because it's not anything I've ever done, you know, yeah, so, step. you know, so I was like, all right. And so Dana and I talked about it and she's like, yeah, you should do it. And I was like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. And I was <laughs> like, I mean, I, I think I can figure it out, you know? And so she was like, no, I think you should do it. So anyway, Ed and I talked again and he brought me on board to do it. And I was nervous beyond belief. Cause I was like, once again, I don't know what the heck I'm doing, but mm-hmm. you know, I was so going into it. My whole thing was, I just want to build a race and design a course that I would want to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing that I, that, you know, I bring to the table is that I actually do these races. I like doing these races. You know, the guy that had designed it before owned an OCR company, um, you know, back, uh, you know, a number of years back, I was uh, badass dash. You know, he was part okay, owner yeah. of that, you know, mm-hmm. he had designed, he had designed a bunch of race courses and stuff, but he has never actually run one. That makes such a difference. You know, Jacob and I have talked about that 
you know, Multiple many, times. many times with regards to us doing this podcast mm-hmm. or us doing, you know, the emceeing, it, it, it <clears throat> makes it very different when you're reporting, when you're directing, when you're whatever, when you yourself are an athlete who have that experience, because, you know, we know some of these pitfalls. I think anyone who's listening to the show who has run, you know, more than two OCRs can say, you know, this was really good at a race I did. This was really shitty at a race I did um, mm-hmm. and are able to kind of point some things out. And as much as I love Frontline and Ed and the crew up there, I think that I'd be remiss in not mentioning the giant elephant in the room in that that race has had year after year of problems. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. There, there was, a, there was, you know, issues that I saw, you know, just even when mm-hmm. I was part of the build crew and stuff that I was mm-hmm. just like, you know, I was like, it's a good race. It has the potential, it had the potential to be a great race. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause the, the idea is something that's so awesome, you know, for first yeah. response, you know, the military and stuff and, you know, me being a veteran and everything else, you know, that's something. I definitely, you know, agree with and, you know, like to promote. And so mm-hmm. I was like, you know, so like I said, going into this, not only did I want to build a race that I would want to do, but I knew that there were some things that we needed to get locked in and, and fixed, you know, cause once a, you know, once a race kind of gets a reputation for, you know, a certain thing, then that's what they're known for. So how do you, you know, whether it's good or bad, so Absolutely. I guess that was just when Dana and I were, cause I, I went out there, she and I have been out there probably a month prior and we were out there almost every week going through and like figuring out ways to do things and figuring out ways to, you know, mark the course and, you know, finding the trails and everything and looking at what could be potential pitfalls that we wanted to completely avoid. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, this wasn't like, Oh, I showed up on Monday you know, and we tore down and then we were done by Sunday. No, this was, this was like a months long process as I thought things out. I'd wake up at two in the morning going, oh, that could be a problem. And I have to write it down so I wouldn't forget, you know, and I'd lay awake at night thinking about, you know, how can I do this differently? And, you know, what can I do to, you know, just make this, you know, take it to the next level, you know? Right. right. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so I think that's, about... no, go ahead. For me, that's where passion comes in. And it's like, like you said before, you know, you're a guy that's done this before. You're a guy who's seen this. You're a guy who, you you know, you have a heart for it. You, you have a really good time going out for these kinds of things. And when you see that passion and you, you've played this game, you wanted to create a race that you wanted to do yourself. And mm-hmm. that's, that's exciting. I mean, that's, that's coming from a guy that is but you know, the inner workings of it, you understand, okay, I needed to, I need to lay this out here, lay this out here so we can have a better race and a better experience. And I think that is, it's just important to our sport. You know, when I go to the start line, a lot of the times for the elite wave, you know, I, I'll tell the guys and I won't be able to do it for too many more years now, but I'm like, you know, I've lined up with a lot of you guys at the start line. We've, we've, we've had yeah. those gyms and because we get it. We, we understand what it's like. And that's that's a good thing for the sport. So let's talk about the actual race course itself for Frontline for, mm-hmm. for people who haven't done it or weren't there this past weekend. Um, you know, we, we had a six-mile course um, with a variety of obstacles. Um, mm-hmm. What obstacles in particular or what parts of the course do you feel like you know, you're most proud of, or this was the really good call that we did, or I'm really glad we had this obstacle. Talk about the actual course itself. Okay. So, you know, going into it, I did not, you know, I I changed up almost everything. You know, I moved the festival area to the other spot, which I felt was a better spot. I mean, people had to park a little bit farther away and I heard some griping about that, but eh, consider, it a a stretch. consider it a walk and a stretch of the legs as a warm up before you run. Um, but, you know, the festival area was bigger. There was a lot more room, 
you know, we could, we weren't, um, you know, piling tents right up, you know, all up on each other's mm-hmm. and that was blocking the view of the course. Um, I wanted to going in, I wanted to utilize stuff that we haven't used at the race. You know, there were so many, there's so many trails out there, you know, at the, at the venue, mm-hmm. which is, about, you know, at the motorsports park. So why stay just on the motocross track? You know, no, there's so many great trails in the woods. And I personally love running trails in the woods. It's just pretty, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to me, that's a lot better than running around on a dirt track. You know, that's, that holds no interest for me. So I wasn't going to do it. So anyway, I shifted everything north so that it was, you know, in that big wide open area and nice big field where, you know, so I wanted to put, you know, a bunch of different obstacles out there where people could actually walk out there and go see people doing them. So that's where Sid's, you know, Valkyrie, I put his out there in that field. You know, we did the kids course right in there, a legitimate kids course this year. Kids got medals and everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, and a lot of thanks to Bill Wolf from ASR because he came in on Friday and was like, what do you need me to do? I was like, you want to do a kid's course? And he just took it and ran with it. That's and, great. You know, and it was such a, it was such a great little kid's course, you know? It was awesome. I, I launched those little guys off and it was great for them. Yep. And, and, and the thing is, is that by having it in the same place where the starting line and finish line was at for the adults, the kids were able to get sent off by you guys, you know, as you sit oh, there yeah. and, you sit and they cross yeah. the same finish line as the adults, you know, and I was like, yeah, this is how the sport continues to grow when you get the kids into it as well, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, so anyway, back to the, before I rambled off about the kids course, <laughs> um, the, uh, so I wanted to, I wanted to have the starting line and finish line in a completely different location. I wanted it to feel like an entirely different race because, mm-hmm. you know, the last, the last few years, it's, it's kind of been not the exact same course, but it's been close to the same course. So mm-hmm. people coming out to it kind of already know what to expect, or at least that's what they would think. So I was like, no, I'm going to take it. Many of the trails that we've used before, I completely cut them out on purpose. Cause I was like, yeah, no, we've done this. We're not, we're not doing it again this year. So I went out, Dana and I did, and we spent hours hiking around, finding new trails, you know, trying to get the course up over six miles and everything. And so as far as like the things that I liked the most, that back trail, it's about, mm-hmm. it, was like a, it was like a mile and a half and it was nothing but trail running. And I'll tell you that what, means, huh. I had a lot of people tell me that they were they're like, you know, I hate trail running. I hate running, <laughs> but that they're like, it was like a mile and a half, two mile section where we just ran. They're like, that was really cool back there. It, and there was, it was all the, it was a lot of single track. It was all in the forest. I used ravines. I used all this other stuff because I was like, oh man, look at all these logs piled up here. Natural obstacle. Yeah. I'm using mm-hmm. that part. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. so that loop I loved. I thought that was awesome. Um, that was probably my favorite part of, of the race. Now, as far as obstacles go, um, you know, I like that cracking. So mm-hmm. widen, that out, widen that thing out to uh, four lanes and, you know, polished it up a little bit and did changed a couple of things on it just to balance it out a little bit more. And then vest collector. Mm-hmm. It's, so yeah, for would, those who don't know what vest collector was, describe that obstacle. Okay. Vest collector for frontline was always the uh, place where people would lose their vest. It was, it was basically a rig, not very high, only sat about like seven and a half uh, yeah. feet high. You know, I mean, the stuff was pretty low on it and I was, and I've, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of uh, European OCR videos mm-hmm. lately. And man, they love their low rigs. They do. And and that is not something you see all that often in, you know, over here in the States and stuff. And I was like, so early on, I already knew that I was turning a vest collector into a low rig. It was going to be something where your knees are just about going to be brushing the dirt, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, so then I just sat and I thought about how I was going to do it and considered what I was going to use on it. And I extended the rig because 
you know, to me, 12 feet isn't long enough for a rig or 16 feet or whatever it was initially. So I added another 12 feet to it, you know, and we put a fire hose on it that was only about three feet off the ground and you had to, you know, traverse across that. And then you transitioned into rows of grips. Ended up using basically all my grips because I got a box that I use that I take to races. You know, I've had them at Highlander and stuff. And yeah. so I was like, what can we put in here that's just going to be kind of make it it's going to be hard. It's going to be a really straightforward rig. It's mm -hmm. not going to be unfair, but it's absolutely going to show you if you can handle vertical grips and if you can handle, you know, regular grips and you're going to have to keep your legs up and, you know, and it's not going to be easy, but mm -hmm. vest collector is named that for a reason. It's going to be one of those things that's going to show you that you got it or you don't. And if you don't, okay, well, guess you know what you got to work on. <laughs> you know so, I, I, okay, go ahead. so talking about that I wanted to ask you then what your thoughts were you know we're talking about you knew going into it that that was going to be a difficult obstacle and that there was going to be people that were going to struggle with it did mm -hmm. you have an idea going into this race of a target for completion um, you know we talked to Adrian we talked to other race directors who kind of say you know what their percentage is like for me as a race director, it's a good race if I have X percent of people that complete with their band or in this case with their vest. Did you give thought to that or what was your thought? You know, what no, was your I, I, I've been asked that before. And mm -hmm. for me, it's always been I, I don't really look at it as how what a percentage I want to complete it. Um I'm designing this race, especially because. It is frontline. It's, you know, it's, it's based upon the idea of the people that, you know, the military, um, you know, your first responders, the people that sometimes are going to go into a situation and it's absolutely going to suck, you know, mm -hmm. and are they going to rise to that challenge or are they going to not? I build hard things. There's, there's no, <laughs> there's no two ways about it. People have always said my rigs are hard. I don't look at that as a bad thing. Mostly I look at it, I don't, I've never built something to be easy. If everybody can do it, then what's the point? There's no challenge to it. Okay. So I didn't, you know, building my rig to me, it's, it's not like I was looking at what's the percentage of completion. I, I've never looked at it like that. I look at it as, is it a fair rig? You know, is it, it you know, it's not like I'm putting something that, you know, as soon as you grab it, it like then drops down two feet or anything like that. <laughs> You know, I'm not, I'm not building it like that. I'm not building it to trick you. You can mm -hmm. see everything that's there. This, this is a vertical grip. This is a cannonball. This is this. If your grip isn't strong enough to hold it. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, it's not that it's, you know, I'm not saying that the stuff isn't hard. It is hard, but where's the fun in it? If it's so easy that you can just like basically walk through it and not think about it. That's not what makes things memorable. You know, mm -hmm. a race that, a race that's like, what's that one? They got the, you know, the races where they got the, the inflatable race. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it, you know, I mean, there's nothing, it's fun, but there's nothing in it that's challenging, you know? Well, and, and I, I feel for me, like when I go see a race like that, I think, I think, okay, I did it once. I got the t-shirt. Yeah, it was something. I did it for somebody or something. It doesn't bring me back. Mm -hmm. And that's when you make a that's rig hard. like that, that people remember like, oh man, I got to do it again. Oh man, I got to see this again. It, it brings people back. And well, so let me ask you then, because we, we had the race, um, you know, we, we had success. We had people that failed at things. In the end, we had one female um, from the elite special forces wave, no females from the heroes heat, and one female from the um, endurance. So of the three competitive waves, there was only two women that successfully um, completed the course. Mm -hmm. So now looking at it as, you know, day after, 
what are your thoughts? Do you stand by what decisions you made going into the race? Are there things that you would have changed? Or, you know, what about for the future? How, how does that, if at all, impact you? Funny part is, do you know how many women that lost their vest came up to me after the race and they told me what a great race it was? that I shouldn't change a thing and they'll be back next year to keep their vest. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Right? <laughs> that, that is the kind of race I want to do that makes a person go, I failed this year. I will be back. Mm-hmm. That is what I'm going for. That's what I've always gone for. Well, and you see gals yeah. like Beatrix there who came out and she's, yeah. she is, she is a gritty woman. Yep. Yeah, she's the second woman. She's the she's the one and only in the endurance heat, and she did it not once but twice. She got twice. two laps completion with with full obstacles. Yeah, and she was like, you know, and and that is what I'm going for. There was, you know, I understand there was actually more guys that ran like the special forces. Sure, and mm-hmm. and and you know there was more guys that ran the endurance and stuff like that. I I get that. Um, so, I mean, that kind of balances some things out, I think a little bit, because there was only two men that finished the heroes heat with, you know, correct. Yep. Correct. So, you know, and so for the, uh, you know, and yet consistently, and this is between the men and the women, I had so many people come up to me. It's the most I've ever been talked to at a race. Um, <laughs> but it was, I had, it, it, well, yeah, it was. I had so many people come up to me and say, this was one of the hardest OCRs I've ever done. This mm-hmm. is also one of the best OCRs I've ever done. I lost my vest. I'll be back next race. You mm-hmm. know, and that's the kind of stuff I want to hear. You know, I mean, I'm going to... And I'm just going to throw this out there because we do have elites. We do have all this other stuff. I Mm -hmm. am building for the elites. I really am. Okay. Those are the people that are going to tell you, you know, oh, your course was so easy. You know, anybody could do it. Mm -hmm. I I know that's not necessarily true, but, you know, I want to challenge for the open wave people. Yeah, I'm building for them. But at the same time, it's one of those things. We know how open racers work. They don't want to do an obstacle. They're going to walk right past it. You know, I mean, there's, well, that's I, I what open is. I was talking to Leah about this the other day, mm-hmm. you know, like the majority of the people give it a, I would say 80% if they see an obstacle that they're scared about or get freaked out about 80 to 85% are going to try it. Mm-hmm. How many are going to try it a second time? I would probably say, you know, somewhere around 50% will give it a second try. And if they don't get it, they're probably done. Yeah. I, I would say that's probably pretty fair. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'd probably agree with you. I would, I would agree. I mean, watching, you know, yes, when we were there, you know, there was a couple obstacles within pretty easy walking distance from from the start line, and I would walk over mm-hmm. there and kind of take a peek. Um, you know, and and you can see the difference in in how people approach things, whether they're going to keep trying and keep trying. I mean, my teammate was there last one off the course and was, you know, at cracking for over an hour there was a guy from the very first uh special forces wave with a vest still on fighting nine hours later um you know so you will have some of those people that that continue to fight you will have some of those people mm-hmm. that and that's that's battle frog up. that's battle frog rules there. you know <laughs> and, and and that's it you know we we heard you know i personally heard that word being thrown around often um yeah on this weekend where people were saying that this felt reminiscent of battle frog and you know that whole stay and fight until the end kind of thing um but you're the first race director i think that we've talked to that has flat out said i'm catering to the elite so you know i respect that that that's your stance on it and if that is your stance then you definitely delivered on that well if if this was going to be a race that was, you know, that didn't have the, if it wasn't called frontline, if it was called something else, if it wasn't, you know, dedicated to the military, dedicated to the first responders, you know, then would I have dialed things back? Probably a little bit just because simply for the fact that, you know, but the theme of this race is getting in there 
and going through that hard day, you know, and feeling like you got to quit and not quitting. Okay. That's what all the first responder military stuff's about. It is, you know, I mean, I did it for 16 years in the Coast Guard and, you know, there was times where, guess what? I was up for 78 hours straight, you know, just because I had to. Okay. Yep. Did it suck? Oh, you, you bet it did. Did I stop? No, mostly because I couldn't, you know, <laughs> you know, and, the, and to me, the theme of this race is about that. So guess what? It's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging. You just got to either decide whether you're, you're just like, eh, okay. And there's, you know, there's no shame in that to me. If, you know, you don't want to do something, you know, particular obstacle, then don't do it, but also don't come in as, you know, and want to race special forces and then expect it to be dumbed down. So it's super easy. I'm not going to do that. I built, I built for, like I said, I built for the elites. Those are the people that, you know, are going to, you know, they're, they're the ones that are, they're driven, obviously, if they're going to race elite to begin with, you know, they're the ones who want to be, you know, the athletes, they want to be the ones that are on the podiums. You know, there's, there's no podiums for open waves. So if you're going to reason for that, yeah, (laughs) there is, there is, you know, so I guess that's, that's why I say when I build for the elites, it's, it's true. I'm going to, I'm going to build a race that, you know, you have to win. It's not, it's not that I'm going to hand you the win. I'm not going to make it so easy that you can blow through everything. You're going to have to fight for it. You know, you want to, you want to be up on, you know, one, two and three podium spot, then you're going to have to fight. So I'm not going to do anything crazy. I'm not going to do anything unfair, but you're going to have to work for it. You're going to, you know, so that's just how I, I look at it. I think it worked out good for this race. So, so what about next races? What about future? Is this something that now that you've done it once, do you feel like, hey, I, I want to keep doing this? Is this like, oh, no, glad that's done, uh, not doing it again? Uh, no, I actually really, really enjoyed it. And it was nice that, you know, like I said, you bring you bring the right people mm-hmm. in, you know, to help you. I had an awesome build crew between Danny, Sid, and... Uh, and Adam, they were, they were just top notch, you know, I mean, I've never been part of a build where by Thursday evening, everything is built and we're just finishing up the last of the course marking and on the course marking, which I thought was beyond top notch this year. Um, mm-hmm. I gotta give, I gotta give a shout out to my wife because my, my beloved wife was out there in the rain and everything else and she went through that whole thing and she basically marked 95 percent of that course by herself you know occasionally with the kiddos helping after i volunteered mm-hmm. them they were helping <laughs> so i i will ask this though okay because we're kind of yeah. running um we're kind of running down here on our time here um yeah. if so first rodeo you're done what would be the biggest lesson that you would go back to yourself one week ago and tell yourself or what, what do you want to improve on on the next one? Yes. Okay, as far as improvements and stuff, there was, a, um, there was just a couple of little things that, like, I hadn't even considered, you know. Yeah, sure. And, What'd you learn? Uh, well, one, and it just seems like a really lame thing to either forget or not even consider, was we had no water at the finish line. I'm not, I'm not even sure whether that even happened. It wasn't something I was actually even ever considering because I didn't really do much in the festival area, but sure. there was that. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, mm-hmm. that's, that's dumb. You know, I mean, like, <laughs> how did, how did that even get missed? And whether it was my fault or whoever's fault, it was just one of those dumb things. I was like, I can't believe nobody even really thought of that. Um, that and, you know, to be honest, despite me having never done this, I was actually really, really, really comfortable going into Saturday. I thought we had basically, you know, hit all the, all the little checkpoints I had made and what I thought needed to be done to, you know, change the race and, you know, make it different. I didn't, you know, I'm still, you know, I've had people come up, give me a little bit, a little bit of feedback, you know, stuff like that, but nothing of has, has been like really negative. It's like really like little nitpicky stuff 
where they're not, and I don't mean they were like nitpicking, but I mean, just really minor things that they were like, sure. Hey, maybe next time think about this. And I was like, yep, good point. Write that down, you know? And, and, but other than that, I, I really think that as far as everything goes, I was like, I kind of hit most of the, the marks that I was going for. So, I mean, I'm sure I'll wake up at two in the morning next week and be like, Oh, I could have done this better. <laughs> you know, right. But isn't that the whole point though? Improvement. I mean, for growth, so. absolutely. I mean, if, if you came out of this thinking everything's perfect and I don't need to grow and I don't need to improve, then, you know, you'll ah. be in the same place, obviously. <laughs> exactly. So, and that'll never be that. And that's the thing that I like about OCR. Cause it's kind of like my own, I, I, anybody asked me yeah i'm never good enough you know I, i've never, I've never reached, you know i've never reached that point where oh, i got this on lock i don't mm-hmm. i never will till the day i die my whole goal is to just keep improving you know so in that case then that's the same way i look at like ocr if you've gotten to the point at ocr where you're like yeah i'm good enough and then oh okay you're good enough what's the point of being good enough when you can you know keep improving so i guess once again that ties back into why i build for the elites if you get an elite out there who loses his best at best collector you don't think that's gonna just irritate the trash out of that person oh yeah oh for sure you know it's going to and guess what they're gonna go back they're gonna train differently they're gonna train for other stuff and they're gonna go into it next time probably feeling a lot more confident because they know what they needed to work on you until know, you throw your next surprise at them. <laughs> until, until, I, until I figure out my next surprise. Once again, awesome. it'll be fair, but it'll probably be hard. So right. I'm already, I've already started thinking about new obstacles for next year. So <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I look forward Good to deal. seeing it. You know, congratulations on an awesome race. I, I really heard nothing but wonderful things about it. I think people were definitely very pleasantly surprised and you know, it's exciting to see it and see where you're going to evolve and looking forward for the next one. Agreed. agreed. Yeah, thank you so much for being on, Aaron. Hey, thank you guys for having me. So I appreciate it. Cohesive. That's the word. It just felt all together. It was one fluid. It was very fluid from start to finish. You know, it was it was kind of cute when, you know, we're sitting there. We had just launched the the first wave of people um, or maybe the first couple waves. I don't know. But nobody had crossed the finish line yet. And I was standing there at Kraken with both Aaron and Dana waiting for, you know, those first leaders to come through and and here you know was everything okay how was the course how was everything and just kind of seeing their nervous excitement you know you could see how much they cared and how much they put into and it how much it meant to him exactly absolutely absolutely they put so much time so much effort um and really took care of the small things and it all added up you know and it just makes me so happy to see that kind of stuff in everything about this race the, always my issue in the past was I felt and we got to run portions of the course we didn't get around the full six mm-hmm. miles um, I'm still recovering from my sprained ankle we, turns out when you're announcing all day for a race like that it wears you down it's kind of <laughs> exhausting yeah it yeah kind of is exhausting <laughs> but um, what we did get to see I loved it and they really did a good job on cutting out some of the the slack but making yep. it a more direction course like it was very obvious here's what i need to do here here's what i need to do here and very very one very full piece of what frontline was i think this was the best one that they've done i think hands down anybody would agree with that and i'm just so excited to see the future of this race and some of these locals like this because their production value was just incredible absolutely nope i Um, agree completely rocked it uh so that's really what we've got Yep. going on right now that's um, front line that's front line this weekend we are i'm not going but ohio trifecta weekend is yeah weekend. it is it is dawn upon us here yep it's it's traditionally a pretty 
pretty popular race. Um, one of the first and only trifecta opportunities for people out there, um, including an ultra. So there's a lot of stuff going on up there. Um, I am not racing anywhere this weekend. I will be here down in Atlanta. I'm not either. I'm, I'm kicking nope. my feet up. And... I'm doing the mom thing. I got a birthday party this weekend. I can't believe it's already the first day of June. I know. I know. Summer break is upon us. Summer um, break is upon yep. us where all the kids are crazy. We've got, actually, I might be going this weekend to my last, um, my last track meet of the year. It's the Indiana State on Friday. Okay. And I'm watching okay. some boys hit some big, hit some big hit heights. Nice. Um, so what other events, what are you doing this month, Leah? Um, this is a big month for me as far as events goes. Um, I have um, the annual return of Summer Smash, um, which is a first form event. Uh, it's not a race, uh, but it's a weekend long event in St. Louis, which is just an incredible event. Tickets went on sale and were sold out in 47 seconds which is just absurd. Um, but I got mine, so I will be up in St. Louis um, for that weekend. And then the well, following weekend, the weekend uh, no, 19th. 19th and then the following weekend is the big High dance Rocks. for me. It's High Rocks um, U.S. Championships okay. in, uh, in Chicago. Chicago. Um, my partner Mel and I qualified in Dallas to compete um, <sighs> there for the women's doubles events. Um, we're going to see a big throwdown on the on the pro side. Um, it's going to be a really exciting event. I'm super excited to to cover it. So I've got the big decision on the 19th. I've got to decide if I'm going to be doing Tame the Terrain uh-huh. or another 10K here. That's at my local brewery, the Whiskey Chaser. Mm. And then after that, I'm going to be missing Chicago High Rocks and Indian Mud Run. Everybody's yeah. going to Indian Mud Run. I'll be hosting a, a local here yeah. for, um, for my old friend Ben Hall that passed away. Um, but I am so bummed I'm be missing Indian Mud Run. My, yeah, it's going to be a, that's a this big weekend. weekend. Me. Yeah, oh, that's a big, big weekend. It seems like it's a pretty split camp between Indian Mud Run and High Rocks and you know, it's it's going to be a good weekend. It's going to be a lot of people racing a lot of different things. I, I feel like the lights will just be on again. That was a good yep. feeling. Yep. So I think that's all I've got here this week, Leah. Do, 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 do. Oh, the community kiddos. Look at you just kind of skipping things over. <laughs> I am so tired after the weekend. My voice is still trying to come back. Well, who you got May for was sick. kudos is? <laughs> Who do I got for kudos this weekend? I'm giving it to Ed Leon and the team, man. Yeah. Um, well going, in, going into front line, I'm not going to lie. I, I thought it could be the greatest one that they've done. Yeah. But I was a little bit leery because things were kind of quiet on our front because they were sending out yeah. other stuff. They were so busy doing other stuff, but they knocked it out of the park. And it was just it was just this big return to normalcy. Mm-hmm. It was nice. What do you got, Leah? What do you got? I'm going to give my kudos to one of my long-term teammates, um, Mr. Neptune, Jason Rulo. Um, Jason's known in, in the, the OCR world. He's been around from, you know, the dawn of day, um, mostly known in the WTM circuit. But For being stubborn um, as a mule. For being stubborn as a mule, which he had just re-earned that crown this past weekend. Jason was running the endurance wave over at Frontline um, and was running very strong, very consistent for the first three laps. Um, Finished his third lap and rather than going immediately back out for the fourth, he hung back and waited for um, teammate and friend Evan Paparis Um, so that the two of them could go on their fourth lap together. Well, they did, and then after having a very smooth, clean obstacle day all day, um, Jason got stuck at Kraken. 
and which was the final obstacle. Yeah, final obstacle of the day, right before the finish line, and he got stuck. And this is an obstacle that he has done countless times, um, thanks to the backyard training camp at uh, Dennis Pape's house. And he got stuck and um, was getting frustrated, but, you know, he fought through and he was the last person on the course um, shut the obstacle down. He finally got it at the end, which I mean, anyone who knows Jason knows he was going to get it, but it's just pretty it's awesome just <laughs> when you see, right. It's just awesome to see the fight and the push for people, um, you know, able to maintain his composure and keep pushing and eventually got it. So super inspiring and, and just awesome to watch. Absolutely. And that's just so good. So good to see, you know, it's absolutely to, to say we've got a scenario where you can do that for the first time in like a year and a half is just pretty, pretty neat. I mean, it was like circa 2015 battle frog days or yeah, that's you know, what was, everybody was saying. They were referring to this yeah. battle frog. Yeah. I mean, there was so many people at frontline, not just Jason, but there were so mm. many people um, just fighting and staying at obstacles and trying to, you know, keep it, keep their band, keep their vest, whatever the case may be. And it was definitely reminiscent of the Battle Frog era. Absolutely. So. Well, I guess that's all we've got this week then. I um, think so. I'm going to pour myself another cup of coffee. And <laughs> yeah, until next week, guys, have a great one. Be safe out there. Enjoy the trails. Enjoy your friends and family and just enjoy life. I'm Jacob Bosecker. And I'm Leah Hensley. We will catch you out there. We'll see you out there, guys. Bye. This has been the Bro CR Supercast, powered by Bro CR Media. We always love reviews. Oh, and shout outs too. Want to be on the review? Drop us a line. We know there are other obstacle course racing podcasts out there, but you choose to laugh with us for a while. So, thanks. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. And thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye-bye. And bye-bye. Bye-bye. And bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. And bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.